Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So this is really our first week of jumping into our Go Get the One focus vision point for this year. And we're going to really this morning focus in on family. Now, this week as I was preparing and planning and praying, man, God just really opened my heart to how difficult and how challenging reaching our families are going to be. Most of the time, they're the most challenging. They're, 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 they're actually the ones we don't want to deal with. Anybody look to their left and to their right? Right, right. sometimes dealing with family is the hardest thing, you know. Uh, now, I hope our spouse and our kids, we're okay with that. But if we, if we kind of peel the layer back and go further than that, I'm talking about extended family. So if you just now survived Christmas and you thank God that it's over, you don't have to see that family till next year, this message might be for you. <laughs> right? You know, we have that mentality, man, I love my family, but I can't stand them. Right? You know, you have this conflict within. It's like you got to love them because you got to love them because of your family, not because you want to. So in this message, as I prepared this week, it wasn't something that I just prepared, but it was something that began to pour out of my heart. There was a moment in preparation, and I kind of got a week ahead of preparing, but there was a moment of preparation where I began to stop typing and I began to weep over my keyboard because God had even showed me areas in my life where I haven't laid down my life for my family like I do my friends. And now some of you are going to justify that. You're going to say, well, there's reasons. Pastor Noe, you don't understand my family. You're right, but God does. And he placed you in that family strategically to impact that family. Just because you can't doesn't mean that you shouldn't, right? You should still love your family. You should still reach out to your family. It don't matter if your family's crazy. They may think you're crazy. But yet God places us in families in an attempt to personally reach our families. But when we focus on families, it's really the most personal and the most important and and sometimes the most difficult to accomplish. It really is. It's challenging. So when I mention family, I know there's there's often emotions that come out. Some are good, some are bad. How many of you, when you think about family, you kind of cringe a little bit? Be honest. You're like, oh, like, you don't understand. And then some of you are like, man, I I got a great family. I was blessed by my family. I feel like a, you know, a normal, but... Every good family has some good drama. Every good family has been through some stuff. You don't just arrive having a great family without going through any hardship, right? Sometimes you have to fight to that, get to that place of having a great family. But sometimes if we're not willing to fight for it, we will never receive the blessing of it. So what am I saying today? Pastor Noe, what are you telling me? To, to reach your family, you will have to put in some work. You will have to put in some prayer. You will have to commit every fiber of your being, maybe, to pursue your family. Because we know that sometimes our families are rough around the edges. I want you to think about this statement this morning, that my family is my responsibility. Now, I know that's easy to say for your sons and your daughters and maybe even your grandkids, but I'm talking about your your extended family. Your siblings, maybe, that you haven't been in contact with in a long time, or the the family members where you don't even know what is going on in their life, or maybe the other crazy side of your family where you've totally cut yourself off and you've chosen to have nothing to do with them. 
because of the indifferences. But I'm here to challenge you this morning. What if the plan of God was for you to strategically impact that family rather than separate yourself from them? We don't make our families our problems. We say, I'm going to let somebody else do it because they won't listen to me. What if you are the only voice that they hear? Now, I know we're thinking, they don't hear me. But let me tell you what, if you are speaking the truth of God's word, it is effective and it doesn't matter whose mouth it comes out of. But it will penetrate the heart of the, the, the ruth, most ruthless sinner and possibly lead them to a place of righteousness. You know, the family dynamic, it was really intended to be one of the greatest blessings of our life. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden and he created this family in this community, it was intended to be a blessing, not a curse. Some of y'all say, man, I've been cursed in the family I'm in. I think you need to be real and raw in your perception towards your family before we can move forward. You need to realize if you have completely abandoned your family and you want to have nothing to do with them because it's going to be up to you to rebuild that bridge. But you got to realize the bridge is burnt. And you have chosen. Don't base it on what they have decided to do. I'm not preaching to them today. What have you done to cause that separation? What have you caused to to shrink back from that family to say, hey, not my problem? Okay? We have to realize that a thriving godly family is what God had in mind when he said, let's make man in our image, that they may rule and that they may reign, that they may be fruitful and multiply. We were created really to live in perfect harmony with God and one another in family groups formed in his image and commissioned to release his authority and dominion on the earth. Christian families are a powerful tool of God when they're functioning correctly. But what if not just families? What about complete households? You know, what about all of your generations, all of your family members, left and right? You know, I know family are individuals that come to the knowledge of Jesus, and they're like the first Christian in the whole family. Now, I have been blessed to be probably like a third or fourth generation Christian in my life. And that's something you can't, that, that the favor of God, the provision of God, the hand of God, and man, that is that generational blessing that we sing about when we talk about blessings to, you know, the next generation. I am a living byproduct of that. Amen. Now, I'm not saying everything came easy and it was just easy street, but there was this commanded blessing on my life where God marked the Kano family. And I believe that to continually happen in my life and in my children's life and their children's children. But there's something powerful about a family that decides to serve God collectively together. Now, I know there's challenges, and I'm going to try to cover all of the dynamics because I know that as parents, sometimes we invest in the lives of our children, and then they grow up and they make sometimes horrific choices, and we do not think God can redeem it. And we maybe blame ourselves or we say, we could have, should have, would have, wish I would have done this if I would have done more here. But let me tell you what, the seed of God has been deposited in their hearts. So don't just focus on what you haven't done, but ask for the Spirit of God and that seed that was deposited to come to life. Because it says those that have been taught and instructed in the knowledge of Christ, when they become older, they will not turn away from it. So they always kind of come back, right? They don't stay lost. They don't stay gone. But that seed of faith in their heart can come to life. But when you say, well, they're just gone and they're just doing what they want, well, you continue to breathe life in destruction rather than breathing life into their lives. 
you got to realize, say, you know what? I'm done speaking negative. I'm going to say for that seed to come forth and believe that they would come to their senses. You know, maybe mom would be like, come to your senses, boy, right? You know, come to the knowledge of what I've taught you. Don't you know better? But that is what God wants. We have to get to that place of where we have, that we have to realize what is our opinion? What is our perspective about our natural family? We often take responsibility for our direct families, but do we take the same responsibility for our extended families? Um, and like I said, maybe this morning you've, you've said these statements. I'm going to go through a list of them. That they're not my problem. They won't listen to me. I have no relationship with my family. I'm more closer to, I'm closer to my church family than I am my biological family. Now, this is my response to you. Is that okay? That's been the challenge in this whole thing, focusing on family. Are we okay at being like that? Have we just compromised and said, that's the extent of that relationship? You don't understand. They're just, you know, they're just crazy. And I was like, okay, but one of you should be a Christian if they really are that crazy. Because if that is what is separating, it's, it's one who believes in Jesus and one who doesn't believe in Jesus, that doesn't make them crazy. That just makes them uninformed unto salvation. Only reason you're not as crazy as you used to be because Jesus got a hold of your heart and kind of tweaked a few things. Amen. You're still kind of messed up in the sight of God. You don't always have it all together, but hopefully a heart that is pursuing after Jesus reflects that of Jesus and draws them to Jesus rather than pushes them further away. But you were at war among your siblings. You don't care about your parents like you should. You're not pursuing to build a bridge to your extended family because you don't want to. You think it's going to endanger your family. Don't worry about that. Allow your family to impact their lives. Don't isolate yourself and say, well, they do some crazy things. It's okay. They're sinners. But I'm a Christian. And when I walk in the room, I change the atmosphere. I change the environment. And, but guess what? I've been given authority in that family because I'm part of that family. they got to invite me to Christmas things. they got to invite me on vacations. You know, I had an opportunity when we went to, I guess we met in Branson uh, with some extended family. And they said, hey, you're a pastor. We're not going to church. Can you lead us in worship and preach? Hmm. I thought about shrinking back. I thought about maybe even preaching a compromising message as not to offend all of my cousins that are living sinful lives and choosing things that do not honor God to the full extent. But guess what? You know what Pastor Noe did? I threw that ball up, and I hit it to the fence. And it was hard. It was difficult. It was challenging. Just like I tend to challenge you sometimes where you are at the cross of Jesus' feet, and now you've got to decide, what are you going to do with him? It's up to you to walk away. Or it's up to you to realize what he's done for your life. But not to shrink back, but to go for the vein, to try to, to try to, but in a, also, but in a way that they know I love them and I care for them. And it's more an attempt to rescue them out of, out of hell's flames rather than just kind of throw a little bit of water on their face and hope they don't burn up as fast. Man, if any of my family's listening, I don't know what to do with that. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God's best in your life. But every single one of us got to come to our senses. I'm not going to be a passive player in my family. I may have limited reach in the community or in the world or in the schools or whatever, but I don't have limited reach in my family. So I'm going to do what God gives me opportunity to do. 
You know, God has placed each of us in, a, in the family that he wanted us in. Some of y'all got to realize that. God knew what he was doing when he placed you in the family you're in. Some of you have been against God from the beginning. He said, hey, Lord, did you know what you're doing? Do you know the family I'm in? Well, let me tell you what. When you married your husband or your wife, the extended family became your family. Okay? So you, you don't marry just the person, but you marry the family. So let me let you in on a little secret. If you're not married yet, consider the family. Consider the family. You're like, man, that girl's awesome. That guy's great. But their family's crazy. Well, good luck. That family could become your family. Not saying God don't ask you to marry pretty girls with crazy families, but you you have to realize who you're marrying into. I got my mother-in-law, father-in-law here, and all my family. So, but but let me tell you what, guys. I lucked out. I've, I've had a blessed family. I mean, a blessed family father-in-law that treats me like his son, you know, man, I couldn't ask for any more. And, and, I, and I don't want you to get caught up and say, well, that was great for you, but what about me? Listen, God knows what he's doing. If you married the right person, now maybe you married the wrong person. Guess what? You're married now. You're stuck with what you got. <laughs> Chasing lust, whatever it was, well, you messed up. That became God's will for your life. What about divorce? Listen, divorce is not in God's terminology. You're where you're at in this moment, and it is what it is. You're in the family you're in. And what you do with it is up to you. It becomes God's will, becomes God's plan. It, 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 it puts you in that place of an of a opportunity to have godly influence in that family. But that family becomes your problem. I know some of you are still finding me. Pastor, you don't understand. You're right. I don't understand, but God does, and he placed you there on purpose. Just sense this oh no feeling. You say, I don't have the love, I don't have the compassion for my family. But you should. So, what do we do with that? We got to ask God to start changing our heart in regards to our family. We need to start saying, God, show me how you see them. You know, most of the time it's your problems that you're worried about, it's not even their problems. Like I said, if you got to. Interesting, let me use that word, it's a safe word. An interesting family that you're like, I don't know if I want my kids being around them, I don't know if I want to be around that. When you're around them, you have the potential to influence. You have an opportunity to impact. Go to a, go to a family, get together. If they don't pray, and you're like, whoa, 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 let's pray before we eat this food. What are we doing? What? I mean, that might even be a huge step of faith for you. Don't compromise, but reclimatize. Change the environment of your family. Don't just settle for what it is now. Believe God for what it can be. God is putting the crosshairs on us as a church reaching our families this year. It's going to take work. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. We may not even want to do it, but guess what? God needs us to do it. He's placed us in that family for a reason. You know, if you deeply don't love your family, you know it will be almost impossible for you to show them the love of Jesus. Because how can you have the love of Jesus yet hate your family? Hmm. It's impossible. If we truly love as Jesus loved, it's always, always, almost personal. And yet Jesus always loved us. Anytime you think it, you got it bad, think about Jesus. Well, you don't understand. Well, let me tell you what Jesus went through. 
No, but it's different. Or was it really? Well, you don't understand. We're going to justify all day long. Jesus loved us unto the point of death. He didn't just die for the good ones. He died for the bad ones. He died for the ones that would reject them, would reject him. And he asked us to do the same, to lay down our lives. You know, this week, uh, as I was preparing, my, my brother Cameron came to my heart. You guys got to give me grace because God is working this in my heart also. I'm a pastor. I should be doing it right. <laughs> and, uh, man, God just convicted me. And, you know, I just, he always used to have to come to church because mom made him. Then he got married and he had a baby and he moved out and he hasn't been back. And God said, did you invite him? <laughs> and my heart was just, I was nailed to the wall and I said, man, no, I haven't. So I sent him a text. I said, hey, man. I've never just invited you to my church. I was, you were always obligated to go, and he fell asleep through most of the messages, but who cares? He was here. Uh, but I never pursued him as a brother. He was just here because mom made him. And I said, man, i got to pursue him. I mean, I would invite you, or I'd invite somebody else to come, and I'm not inviting my own brother. And then, uh, you know, which Cameron, he's adopted. So God has put, even put something together that's not biological, but yet he's my brother. But God is birthing this love and this compassion for my siblings. You know, I grew up with my sisters, and you know, sometimes I take for granted the blessing they are to my life because they're my sisters and I'm their brother, and I'm supposed to be their number one agitator in their life, right? So, but there, there's, there's moments where I have to stop and sit back and look at the blessing and, and that they're serving God and God is blessing their homes and blessing them with children and nieces and nephews and the house is full at holidays. And so the, 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 the downline family is easy. And then this, this week, man, God just kept working on me. So even when I don't marry Someone else, someone in my family can marry someone else, and that extends my family, okay? So, like, I chose to marry Becky, which that brought me into the Pierce family, but then the other daughters marry other people that push me into another family. So, Marillo, he was here. Man, just a blessing. Never met him, didn't know him. <laughs> you know, text a few times, sent a few messages back, but God just worked that out. He united our hearts. He became part of the family, you know, Kimberly, Becky's oldest sister, married EJ, and they're going through a lot of stuff as a family. This week, God broke my heart and said, will you care just like you care for your own sons and daughters? It got real, it got deep quick, because let me tell you what, when your heart is filled with that compassion, it's easy to love them. Are there rough edges in every single one of them? Absolutely. But there's something about love and compassion and care that changes all of that. Same thing, I sent a text, said, hey man, praying for you. Sorry what you're going through. If I can do anything, let me know. I'm pretty serious when I use that word, anything. But it's the same condition. Allowing people into your life. But guess what? They are my family. You have to see your family as your problem, not someone else's. We can't go get the one if we don't start in our own households first. Moving towards reaching our community in the world, let's start with our families first. Um, the hardest part of this mission really is that, you know, we, we have to lead them. We can't force them. You know, and I think that that's a little bit 
of the different dynamic. My kids are coming to church. My son went to prayer with me this morning. I didn't say, hey, you want to go to prayer? I said, no, son, you're going to prayer because if I give you the option, he's going to tell me no. Right? So it's a little bit different dynamic. I can't tell my extended family what to do, so I have to lead them to the place. I have to encourage them to the place. And then the hardest thing is really allowing them to choose it. What good is it if we force it? Right? We have to lead them to that place. I've heard many horror stories of ministers being very, very successful um, and then their families falling apart. I said, Lord, never me. Lord, I don't want that to be my testimony, but I want to be just as uh, effective and successful in my family as I am in the church. You know, and then I started thinking, what the heck? And don't take this personally. What does the church matter? I don't take care of my family. So it's that same idea. What does the community matter? If I don't take care of my family first, what in the world does the world matter? If I don't take care of my family first. So I really think that is what God is leading us to. He's leading us to this place of internal cleaning of a house, of, of being united, of reaching our families first before we reach the community. If we fail with our, with our families, what does, what does it mean? You know, what does it look like? You know, I, I really think that a, a family that serves God and is being successful will be a testimony to the community. But the contrary is true. Now you got to love Jesus. you got to love your wife and take care of your family. If I'm telling this in the community and they saw my personal life and it was like, man, you, you're being a hypocrite. Your whole family's out of control, you know. And I think that that's a, I feel like it's a... Uh, you know, we do have, you know, there, there's times that your name will sometimes be skewed um, where they will associate your name with something negative in the community or whatever. And, you know, uh, there, there's, there's been times where it says, hey, are you related to those Kanos? So, well, we got the same last name. I'm sure somewhere it falls, but I politely refrain and say no. That's all I know to do with it. But you see what a jeopardizing of a name can do or what a glorifying of a name can do. Now, I'm not doing that to put any discredit, but we, we bear the same last name. Now, I showed up to the restaurant one day and said, hey, I got the same name, Kano, too. Can I get a free steak? And they told me no. So we really weren't family. That's what I learned from that. I said, I can show you. Yeah. They didn't want to claim me. I'm not going to claim them either, right? So, but when we bear the same name, the name should mean something. If the, if the name is jeopardized just in the family unit, it's going to be very ineffective in the community unit. Because they're going to know, really, we're crazy. As a family, why in the world would we listen to you as the community? So we have to realize in Proverbs 22.1 in the New Living Translation, it says, choose a good reputation over great riches. It says, being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. So what is your family known for in the community? What is your family known for in the chat forums in Bay City chat? I mean, I see a whole bunch of drama. I'm like, oh, man, you're an idiot. You gave them a window straight to your, who you really are. And it's in digital space now. God forbid somebody took a screenshot because you ain't ever getting it back. Right? You know, but, you know, if they could really see what does your name mean to the community? What are you known for? You know, um... So let's focus on really reaching our families first for Christ. And and then with that same intensity, let's shift that focus into the community and into the world. 
So Dr. Oswald Smith, he says, the light that shines the furthest will shine the brightest at home. You know, my, my home lately has been a hub for so many kids around the neighborhood. You remember the good old days when they said, man, you know where the party was at, where all the bikes were at? Well, that's my house. That's a good thing. That's a God thing. Man, there's days I get so frustrated. And man, it, it, there's nobody in here that comes over right now. But uh, th- there's days I'm just like, go home. Give me some space. I need some space because God, you've called me to love people. And these boys are all in my space and they're asking me questions. And I got to love them like my own, Lord. It's difficult. But we are this light in the community that, you know, and, and I've had talked to, went over there, talked to parents, said, man, they can do whatever they want with you, but we don't know about anybody else. And guess what? They don't really know me that well. But there's reputation. There's stability. There's consistency. I get out of my car and went and talked to the parent. I mean, there's some relational trust there. We are striving to reinforce the Kano name, not destroy it. Guess what? My my children's children are going to have to... I can set them up for success or I can mess them up if I'm that crazy grandpa... How about them conos, right? You know, like we, you know, we, can, we can do some great building up or we can do some great tearing down. But, you know, if you lose the credibility of your name, what do you have left? It's a big deal, guys. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's like, well, you should do this even though I'm not doing it. Come on. I'm just going to stop there because I can keep digging and digging on that one for a long time. But do you realize the effort that the enemy goes through to destroy the family unit? You have to understand that the enemy of this world is against families. Because if we, if we thrive in the family, we will thrive for generations and generations. So he strives so hard to just really destroy one generation so he can affect the next generation. It's Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10. It says, you shall not make for yourself any image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Verse 9, it says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord. I am a jealous God. Punishing, and this is what I want you to focus punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations who hate me. So thank God he only says three or four generations for those that mess it up. It's really what it's saying. But then he goes on to say, But he shows love to a thousand generations for those who love me and keep my commandments. So he goes three or four generations to those that don't get it right. Thank God that's the grace of God on our lives. But he promises to a thousand generations those who love and keep his commands. So if I get it right, I can affect a thousand generations. I think Jesus will come back before then. Because I, I did a sermon one time on how long is actually a generation. And we're hardly in the... We're less than 100 generations in from the time Jesus came. What he was saying is forever. He wants the lineage of our life to go on forever and ever and ever. But what we do affects future generations. God cares about you, but he really, really cares about your children's children. You got you to get that in your mindset, that he really, really loves you, but he cares so much about the next generations that he wants you to get it right. He has generations in mind. He has his kingdom in mind. Further down the street, that's what he's always looking at. So one of the biggest idols, you know, because he talks about idols, setting up all those things. Just want to touch on that just for a minute. Uh, The biggest idol that we will probably fight in our lives is serving ourselves. Mm -hmm. What I want to do, what I think, self-survival, staying comfortable. 
right? So serving ourselves versus serving God. When we do this, we, we do what we, we want rather than what God wants. We're going to compromise and say, well, you know, just that crazy uncle, I can't be around, or, you know, I don't want to do that, or no, they don't need to come over to my house, or we're not going to do that. You stay comfortable rather than doing what's uncomfortable for the sake of doing what God asks you to do. The things that God asks you to do, they're not always easy. They're not always convenient. But reaching our families is going to take a selfless effort. Right? I know every time I think about not doing this or not doing that or not going there, really it's just a cop-out for self-survival. Well, there's risks there. What if I put my children in harm? Well, listen, either God's got it when I'm at home or when I'm with my family or where I'm where, wherever, or he doesn't. Don't allow your path to be determined by fear or circumstance or situation. But I'll tell you what, if you are raising a family that serves God and honors God and knows Jesus, you are the most influential in your families. You've got to be at those holidays. You've got to invite yourself in if they're not inviting you in. Who cares if they call you the crazy Christians? Great, at least they know. It's when they don't know that you're a Christian and you show up. Come on. Because you compromise it, or you water it down, or you just don't want to rock the boat. Got to be Christians on holidays too. All right. You know, let's take personal ownership of our family and our homes. Ask God to release a blessing for all future generations. Um, when we look at, uh, just look at this passage real quick, 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5, and then 1 Timothy 3, 12 to 13. So in this, you have the descriptions, the job descriptions of an overseer and a deacon. Now, before you're just like, oh, I'm not either of those. Guess what? Just because it's an expectation of a standard of an overseer and a deacon doesn't mean that's not what you should be pursuing personally. So you'll put that, well, I don't want to be a deacon or I don't want to be an elder. So you, what you're saying in essence, I'm just going to throw these out because they don't matter. No, they matter a lot. It's just a high standard that God sets, but I think this applies to all of us. So in that 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5, it says, He must manage his family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Verse 5, and this is, this is the jugular verse. It says, If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Now, define God's church however you want. I, I see the church as people, not a building. He's not talking about, oh, you're going to dust and you're going to... No, he's talking about the people of God. Well, guess what? Your family could be the people of God. So if we don't manage our home well, why would he entrust us with others and people and all of those things? Look at the same thing with a deacon. In, in that verse 12, it says, a deacon must be faithful to his wife. Oh, man, now we're not just talking about kids. But we're talking about families. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about, I got to love my wife. Oh, you should want to love your wife. I don't got to love my wife. Right? You should have a passion for serving her. And then, you know, but if, if you're going to be faithful to a wife, then that wife should also be submitted and respectable to her husband. Like, so we're just going to dabble there just for a minute when we talk about that family unit. It's a husband and wife with children and that whole dynamic. You know when it's working, you know when it ain't working. We're not talking about families and marriage this Sunday, but if God puts it on my heart, which I think he will later this year, we'll look at that a little bit more. But he says, faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who serve well gain an excellent standing and a great assurance in the faith in Christ Jesus. So a reputation. They're known for good, godly men and women in a household that serves God. That's what the standard needs to be. So if we're going to work in our families, we got to care about the family dynamic. we got to care about what's in our home. Our primary responsibility is reaching our family personally. Remember, that's what we're talking about. We reach our family personally. Um, 
And, and let this, so let's, let's focus on just for a moment, you know, so how, what are some practical steps, Pastor Noe, to really helping redeem our whole family? So we're going to look at four things really quickly. We'll go through those four ways that we can reach your family. Number one, begin to pray and ask God to draw their hearts. So this right here works regardless of the details. I don't care what the details are. You're like, Pastor, you don't, I said I didn't care about the details. And you shouldn't worry about the details either. Just begin to pray. Ask God to draw their hearts. It say, you know, so it says in John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws me or draws that person, okay? So we got to say, God, start drawing their hearts. You know if their hearts are hard. Just make sure your heart ain't hard, okay? We know what sin looks like. Just make sure you're not sinning also, right? That's the whole point. Lord, deal with their heart. But make sure it's not, make sure you're not the problem, I guess is what I'm saying this morning. But when you begin to pray, guess what? That's going to fix them. And if there's an issue with you, guess what? It's going to fix you also. All right, so if we don't pray, we'll see very little change in the hearts of our family members sometimes. You might be frustrated. You've tried everything you can do. If you haven't prayed, you haven't done nothing. Praying is what unlocks the impossible into our families. Let me tell you something else. Those who pray for people can't stay angry with those people for very long. God changes the heart, your heart towards those individuals um, so maybe this morning, I'm going to ask you, who do you have beef with in your, with in your family? Who do you think of? And you're like, oh, you get just this. Yeah, some of y'all laughing. You know who I'm talking about. You're laughing because you're nervous. Like, Man, I don't want to answer that question. That person that came to mind right now, the crazy uncle, the crazy niece, the one you don't want to have nothing to do with, the one you hope gets sick and don't come to Christmas. Come on. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, man, I hope they're not there. It's real. Hey, if y'all thinking that, y'all got, y'all got to deal with your heart. Some of y'all right there on the fringe, huh? You're like, man, let's, get it. Let's, let's pray and go to lunch. You don't want to hear no more, but it usually starts with us, right? So when we pray, it fixes them, but it also fixes us. You know, so start praying for those ones that you're the most frustrated with. Um, if you don't like your family, start praying for them. That's what that means, okay? Um, if you can't get over something today, choose to forgive them. You got to choose to forgive them in your heart before you can maybe even ask them to forgive you. So let God start dealing with you. Um, be mindful. God gave you that family. Thank God for, for, um, for, that, that, for your family members, even the messed up ones. You know, I'm just being real, being raw here, okay? Um, ask God to show you how he sees your family members. Ask God to open your eyes. You know, we think, it, we think we have it all together, and there was times we did not have it all together. We were the crazy uncle, right? But God works in our heart. He changes that. So ask God to reveal how you see him, how, how he sees the members of your family. So begin praying. Ask God to draw the hearts. He'll work through all the details. Don't worry about the details. You just start praying. So number one, begin to pray. Number two, declare your family. Declare that your family will serve the Lord. Start proclaiming it. Say, Lord, I pray for my family, my extended family, all my family's family, family, family that I don't even know. I remember I used to go to family reunions in the valley, and they try to explain, well, I'm your cousin on your niece's nephew, second cousin's side. And I'm like, we're family. That's all I understand. I don't understand. In Hispanic families, they get big quick. You know, because my grandparents, there was like 12 on that side and 12. So like I show up, it's like, man, like, all right, we're all family, right? It gets big quick. Pray for those you don't even know about. Believe God for every single one. Generations and generations. I pray for Samuel's kids that they would come to know the Lord. Cassidy and Gracious, we don't even know yet. But we proclaim them in Jesus' name to be followers of Christ. And that devil's nervous because of what I'm proclaiming. That they will have 
a million times the measure of anointing that I have in their lives. This is what we begin to proclaim, that they won't deal with the things that I dealt with, Lord, that they would avoid any appearance or, or ply of sin in their life, and they would be righteous their whole life, not by anything they do or merited, but because I've commanded it over them. Tell you what, if you can prevent the devourer and the enemy from their lives, they'll be very successful. We proclaim it. We say it even before we see it. Joshua 24, 15 says, but for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Start with your direct family, those in your home, and then reach out to your extended family. Win our primary family first. That's the key. We got to do right in our own primary family and then work towards our extended family. Uh, plead the blood of Jesus over your family every single day. Realize that the enemy has, tar- has a target of destruction on your family. You know, Cassidy's been busting me up because she's like, every, every morning, Dad, we hadn't prayed. Dad, we hadn't prayed. So I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's pray real quick. Tell the Lord, I thank you. Da, da, da. And, then, and then the other day, this, uh, this is when I was like, all right, I got to step up in my pre-go-to-school prayer time because she came in there. She didn't say, Daddy, we didn't pray. You know what she told me? It's all right, Dad. I already prayed. <laughs> So she's covering the ground that I should be covering. Like, it's like one of those, like, oh, Jesus, you're using my daughter to do what I should be doing. But however it comes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'm glad she's getting it. I need to step up. So God, what am I saying? God's grace still works even when we mess it up. But I need to be leading my family. I need to be involved in my family. I need to be every single morning. They need to be waiting on me. I don't need to be waiting on them. I'm the adult in the equation. I got to remind myself, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So plead the blood of Jesus over your family every single day. So remember this also when we're talking about reaching our family and, and, and sharing the love of Jesus. This is not just our family, but this is, the, this is our community and this is the world. Remember that the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Pastor Noah, what are you talking about? You have to encourage your family to choose this day whom they will serve. If they die right now and they didn't hear the testimony of the gospel, it's too late. They're shouting from heaven, why didn't you tell me? It's only good news if it gets there in time. Talking about in time. We all are gifted a time glass of time. The moment we breathe our first breath, it turns over. Sometimes there's not as much sand as we think. Sometimes that sand keeps on coming and we don't know why. Right? I've seen all kinds of variables, but God knows the timing. But the, the testimony of the gospel, it's only good news if it gets there in time. So make the, be intentional. Um, I've heard stories about people who are very evangelistic, and you know, they're like, hey, okay, okay, hey, I know we're about to go, but before we go, does everybody know Jesus? I'm talking radical, and you're like, man, are you, you know, she's serious. Because she knows it's only good news if they get it in time. And then once everybody's like, hey, I'm good, all right, pastor, I'm ready to go eat lunch, everybody's saved here, we can go now. With that urgency in our families, it's only good news if it gets there in time. All right, so number one, we begin to pray. Number two, declare that your family will serve the Lord. Number three, remind yourself of what God has already done and will promise to do. You'll get so discouraged if you don't see what God has already done in your family. Hey, each of you are at church today, that's a win, win, win in my books. You could be out on the street. You could be strung out. You could be dead. But yet you're here with breath in your lungs and a road before you. So we got to be thankful for what, where we're at right now. But also be mindful of what God has promised to do. In Hebrews 10, 23, I quote this a lot. Uh, Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, that God will be faithful all the days of our life. Um, thank God that he chose uh, those in your family 
already that are serving the Lord. And I hope there's some. Maybe you're just the start of something great in your families. But thank the Lord for those that have already come to the knowledge of Jesus. But, you know, remind yourself and say this, but Lord, I want all my family to serve the Lord. That's, that's, that's the, what he's promised to do, that all of them would come to that saving faith. Um, trust in the timing of God. And, and I know that this is, this is hard because like, we feel like sometimes God's timing is just slow. He's always never in a hurry. What are we doing? Won't you come on, Jesus? And trust in his timing. God knows what he's doing, but we got to release him to do the work. If we just work in our own strength, it'll never get accomplished. Um, trusting in that, like I said, those things that were deposited in, in our children's children and our family members, that it'll come to fruition and draw them back to the heart of God. Um, you know, it's realizing it is hard to reach your family personally, but still try. This is a ch- personal challenge. You know, in Mark 6, 4, you know, it says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and his own home. And, and I shared that passage a few weeks ago, and it says he was only able to heal a few and a few sick recovered. Guess what? He still was able to do something. But we're like, well, Jesus couldn't do it in his hometown. It's pointless for me. I'm not even going to try in my family. No, come on. You can do something in your family. Um, you know, I, even with me, my, you know who my family sees me as? Little Noe, not Pastor Noe. Have you ever seen that phrase come around? It's because my dad was big Noe and I'm little Noe, but I'm bigger than my dad now. But that name stuck. But I think sometimes that is a barrier where, hey, that's just little Noe. That's not Pastor Noe. To where my reach will be limited. And, uh, but guess what? <laughs> I'm still going to reach in there because I love them. I don't care how they see me. Man, I'd rather you see me as little Noe. Maybe then at least you listen to me. Well, you're just a pastor. Well, guess what? I'll still be loving you even if I wasn't a pastor. And I think that that's the thing. You know, I wouldn't be who I was unless God called me to. But guess what? I still want to pursue them regardless of my position. We want to love our families. All right? Um, so there was too much of a familiarity that lacked the hearing and receiving what he says. Um, even if they don't listen, trust God to send others to speak into their lives. Uh, and some of you who have tried to speak into the lives of your family, believe God to send other people across their path. You know, put, you know... Let others know who your family is. Said, hey, look, they're going to be at the store at this time. When you see them, they always, you know, like, man, set them up. Right? But ask God to send advocates in your place that will reaffirm what you're saying and what you're doing. But let, their, let your voice be a voice they hear. Shame on my brothers and sisters and my extended family if I don't tell them about the love of Jesus. And I'm a pastor. I, I almost, by my job detail, have to do it. But I don't need to see it as that I get to do it. Be a pastor or be just anyone else, a son of the king, that I get to tell them what Jesus did for them. But shame on me, we get to heaven and say, well, you never told me about Jesus. Right? So a lot of us are guilty of that, possibly. Number four, personally make your family your mission and your extended family. I want to put that extended family on there because I think that's where it gets a little hard. When was the last time you talked or reached out to your family? Think about that just for a moment. If you don't know the answer to that, that's a problem. I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing. I haven't talked to them in a long time. Sons and daughters, when's the last time you called and loved on your parents? See if there's anything they need. God forbid they're in the same town and you don't check on them. 
But even if they didn't, they're still your parents. What about your siblings? What about your siblings, husbands or wives, your extended family? This was one of the scriptures that I think really nails us all to the wall. 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, anyone who does not provide, that word means care for. It says, you know, provide for their relatives and especially of their own household has denied the faith and is, and is worse than an unbeliever. It's hard scripture. You want to take care of your own family? Right, that, that's, you know, we need to be, take ownership of our own families. You know, I thank God for the church because you know what the church does? It makes up for our lack. I've seen it time and time and time again that the church meets the needs of a deprived family. But that doesn't mean we should be okay with the family being deprived and let the church fix it. But we want healthy, whole, holy, godly families and allow the church to be sub supplemental to continue that progress and that process. I mean, I do have people in this room that are just as close as family. It would, would help me with anything I need. Right? Make your family your mission. That's physical care sometimes, guys, and that's definitely spiritual care. When is the last time that you've been physically present around your families? You know, if around the holidays, if you avoid at all costs, reconsider that. And deal with the hard issue of why you're not. Because it's probably a lot more personal than it is personal. It's what's in your heart that's restricting you from doing that. And then what can you do to start now to engage in the lives of your relatives and especially those in your household? We have to see our family as our problem. Don't pass the buck and expect God to use someone else. Even though to some degree God does that all the time graciously. But God has positioned you in your family with a significant purpose. Amen? You guys stand up with us. We'll get out of here. So if you're like, I don't want to go because i got to go see my family. <laughs> but that's the whole point, guys. How, how many of you, and, and if you don't raise your hand, I think you're lying, but how many of you would say, Pastor Noe, I have a lot of issues ministering to my direct family or my extended family? That's like all of us. Like, like, so this is not like, oh man, like who needs to come to the altar call on this one? This is all of us. But this is why I think it is so rich in what God is leading us to because if we can be successful in reaching our family this year, we can change the world. We really can. But it has to start with us. It has to start with our family. So I want to give you four things to do this week. All right? So number one, make it your personal responsibility of your household. Be personally responsible for your household. Take ownership of it. We say, well, hey, I shouldn't have married that person, or I wish I wasn't in that family. I wish I was in Pastor Noe's family. That'd be cool. But look where I'm at. Quit doing that. You're stuck where you're at, but stuck for a reason. So just take ownership of it. Say, hey, I'm going to be personally responsible for my own household. Number one is what it is, right? Number two, begin to pray over your family as a whole. Broaden those prayer requests. Don't just pray for your children and their, for them to be safe at school and for them to know Jesus, but begin to expand that to your family as a whole, your extended family. Number three, reach out to your family members and let them know you care and are praying for them. You say, that's going to be awkward. 
just make sure you're doing it first. Hey, uh, Pastor Noe told me to call you and tell me that I care for you and I'm praying for you. That ain't what I'm saying. Begin to care for them and pray for them before you call them. Be like, I'm just playing, I'm lying, but I love you, we're family, and hang up. No, don't. Ask God to change that compassion in your heart. Say, hey man, I'm sorry I hadn't talked to you in like forever. But reach out. Call them. Reach out to your family members. And number four, ask God what you can do personally to touch your family with the love of Jesus this week. You're like, this week? Yeah, this week. I like putting deadlines on things. I'm talking about this week. And, and you may have to go home and say, Lord, you better give me some wisdom. You better give me some guidance. Because I want to love them, not strangle them. And like, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I really feel like that this is going to be a challenge. But ask God what to do. And then as simple as it may be, do it. Because what's the point of asking God to show you to do something and we don't do it? Right? So make your family your responsibility. Begin to pray over your family as a whole and then extend that to your, to your extended family. Reach out to your family members and let them know that you care and are praying for them. And then this week, ask God what you can personally do to reach your family with the love of Jesus. Right? So Lord, I thank you for each one here. Lord, this is something that is challenging to all of us. If I could sit down and listen to my own message, Lord, this is for me just as much as it is for everybody else. But Father, I pray that first and foremost, before we reach out to our community, before we reach out to the world, Father, that we would personally impact our family. Father, show us how to be that conduit that connects you throughout a generation. Father, I pray that you would... Uh, Show us what our families can really become even before they become it. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. And I'm going to even speak that in faith right now for what you're going to do over the course of this year in the lives of our family. Father, I pray that we would be participators in our family rather than just spectators. Father, that we would be bridge builders rather than bridge burners. Father, I ask for every single one of my family members extended, those I know about, those I don't. Father, I ask that you would draw every single one of their hearts. That they might know you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, seen and unseen. And God, we believe you for great things this year. Lord, we're trusting you for great things this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family, if we can get this, I'm not saying reaching our community is not going to be a challenge and that reaching the world will not be a challenge. But if we can win in the family, it gives us the potential to win in the community. And then once we reach the community, it allows us to impact the world. So next week, join us. We're going to unpack reaching the community and reaching the world. So we love you guys. Be blessed. Good luck with all your families this week. I will be praying for you and asking God to work mightily in your lives. We love you. See you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.